With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show, the fan-led podcast all about Northampton Town's next match. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here with Charles Commons to look ahead to this Saturday's trip to Bradford. How are you, Charles? I'm all right. Thank you very much, Danny. How are you? I am good. I don't know why, but Bradford always fills me with trepidation. And actually, I do know why, (laughs) but we won't talk about that too much. No, let's not do that. (laughs) <laughs> it's never it's never a fun trip. Um, Charles, we've got some news first before we start dipping into this. Um, news! Cobblers have won something. <laughs> we have. This is a rarity, so we should be celebrated. We've won the dun, Planet dun, dun. League. The Planet League Cup has we been have. won by Northampton Town's fans, including ourselves, Charles, who we've beaten yes. 76 other football clubs in a five-week climate action tournament. You know I love that climate action. Vote Green you are 2023. Mr. Climate action. Mr. Climate. Yeah, um, yeah. so uh, <laughs> we've beaten all the other teams. We Man United, West Ham, Leeds, Leicester, mm. Lincoln, <laughs> Stockport, <laughs> AFC Barrow, probably. No, they don't know. They don't care about the climate, do they? Well, they don't care. I wouldn't put words in their mouth, Barry, no. but I agree. So <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned Barrow too much. Let's um, not do that. <laughs> that's highlights of, uh, of a thing is listed on the NTFC website. 1,620,000 steps taken mm-hmm. rather than driving their car. How many of those steps were yours, Charles? Uh, quite a few. 
I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't think as a percentage, still probably down in the naught point naught somethings. Yeah, but uh, quite a few steps were recorded for good. the sake of the Planet League. Yeah, You're good. Yeah, 155 equivalent weeks of turning the thermostat down one degree. I yeah, I turned mine on much actually. It, it's one. Of, it's been one of those, hasn't it? Speaking of climate change and action, we've not really <laughs> had to turn the heating on too much. No, which is uh, here, concerning which in good. itself. Yeah. yeah, I say it's yeah. good. It's not good, obviously. It's not good. It's but at all the same time, it's in in a time of uh, cost of living crisis, it's been very, very handy. Let's Helpful. just say yes. for that electricity uh, bill. It has uh, almost ten thousand liters of water saved. Save it. Uh, almost two thousand hours away from screens. Uh, I, I can't say I contributed to that. that. <laughs> I, yeah. say, I don't think I contributed anything to that. In fact, I probably brought it up. If anything, uh, twenty-one lofts insulated. Didn't, definitely didn't do that. That had a really big uh, like. So every time that you completed one of the uh, actions or challenges, you mm. got uh, you scored goals, and yes. it was a different amount of goals depending on the activity. The the yeah. loft insulation was a two parter. Yes, and right, both yeah, yeah. parts were were high scoring. It was the equivalent mm. of if you basically, and I'll put this for the this particular podcast together because it's quite uh, topical. It's basically one of them would be the same amount of goals that Sam Hoskins has scored, and then this part two would have been Andy Cook's goals from Bradford <laughs> on top. Nice. There you Good, go. Good, topical. And um, 194 trees hugged. I can definitely say that 190 of them were mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we won it. That's a great effort. Great it's effort brilliant. to beat, beat all those other clubs. And uh, we got a celebratory message from Alan Carr. We did. Uh, we oh, did get a celebratory. I love us. Love I also very much enjoyed the fact that he didn't clip the beginning where he had whoever it was that was recording it go, <laughs> go! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Alan Carr starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go that on, was Alan. good. I'd like to just say about this because it's it's really good and it shows the um, the, the the engagement of the fans and and the different people within the community. A lot of schools take part in this, mm. um, and, and I just want to you know give a big shout out to Damon Fox, who is essentially the guy that. Um, is constantly messaging me every day saying, "Make sure you log your goals and activities, please." and he really rallies the troops, so does, to speak. A been. lot of it is down to is down to him, but it, it shows that you know all this stuff that you know the club are very. Uh, they they talk a lot, don't they, about how we are a community club, and mm-hmm. I know that there are some people, a, a very small minority, that that kind of uh, say disagree with that, but things like this prove that we are. And we prove that we actually do go out into the community and we do get their backing and their support to go and do things that are are important. And it's not all about the football. It's taking something that we all love, i.e. football and the sport, and then using that to do other things for good, which I, I think is great. So yes. um, well done. And I think, yes, the fact that we finished above Manchester United, who you would think would be able to just go... And we'll have won. Yeah. Yeah. It shows how much of a good job the Community Trust and Damon as part of that uh, have done to to get us there to win it. And we were second last year to Cambridge United as well. So, fab effort. Big up Damon and Community Trust. Very, very good effort. Um, Other news very quickly. uh, NTFC women 
of uh, mm. we we won in the FA Cup as we talked about in the in the pod this week. Uh, we've then gone and drawn Wolves again. It's in that the, in the Spider-Man gif. You know that yeah. Spider-Man gif? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one yeah. where they have three of them again. pointing at each other? Yeah, it's that. We've seen them three times now this season. Yeah, we've seen too much of them, if I'm honest. Um, and that's, <laughs> uh, that's a, it's tough, isn't it? They've beat us quite heavily a couple of times and, um, and mm-hmm. we'll obviously be going all out because it's the FA Cup. But it's disappointing to draw a team like that, I think, when you're only a couple of games around away from the big one, or yeah. a big one, potentially. You know, so. I mean, Not I, saying that Wolves are not a big one. Wolves, before you start calling in, to, <laughs> I don't know what number they're going to call into, but oh seven nine four two. What's yeah. the rest of your number, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the bus stop down uh, down Abington Street. Um, anyway, yeah. um, yes, just don't read what's above it. Yes, I know. Fifty p. But yes, uh, NTFC women have drawn Wolves away this weekend. Uh, as we said on the podcast, they've got the, this week another uh, cup. Oh no, uh, no sorry, they've got, yeah. they've got uh, Bug Brooks and Michaels in the other cup, which I've completely North Northant Senior Cup. Northant Senior Cup. That's yeah. it. So, well, so good luck to them. Uh, let's bring in our guests for this week now. Though, please welcome back to the preview show, Tim Penfold from the Width of a Post. How are you, Tim? I'm not too bad. Yourselves? Yeah, good. 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 I have to say, Tim, before we start. Um, we've already started, but before we start, um, Melly, uh, one of our patrons, a Melbourne cobbler all the way in Australia, um, actually requested you personally for this preview show. Um, I didn't realise I'd left that much of the, an impression on the other side of the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we're going to start start back in April. Uh, Drew nil nil um, at Sixfields. Cobbler's missed a load of chances that day at Sixfields, I think. Um after that, you drew with Tramir, lost at Colchester, but then won all three of your last three games, finishing 14th. Um, as a kind of half season, I think it was February when Mark Hughes joined as a whole, what were your overall thoughts of that? I mean, it was a difficult thing to come into because he clearly wanted to play football with the squad and the squad had been very much built with Derek Adams in mind and he is not really a manager who is much in the way of football. It's more use the big man, be direct, and then try and hold on to a 1-0 lead and fail miserably in most of the cases when we tried that last season. Um, Yeah, we ended the season pretty well because you mentioned the draw with Tranmere. We absolutely hammered them, even with 10 men, and then they got a last-minute equaliser. And then, you know, three other wins and Colchester, we played our reserves and so on. So we ended the season pretty well, but then have completely rebuilt the squad in the summer instead. So it's one of those where... It was nice to see what he was able to do with a bit of time and to be able to change the team around a bit and see him finally get it working sort of towards April, May time. But then, you know, come the summer, half the players are gone, a whole bunch of new ones came in. So not sure how much relevance it has now, apart from seeing the style he wanted to play, considering how much the team has changed. Mm, What's he done over the summer to make it more... I guess in his image. I mean, there's been a lot of players come in. We also lost quite a few because we lost um, Elliot Watt, Charles Vernon, Portia Connor, who were all key players last season. Um, but we've replaced them pretty well. And then we've just added a lot of quality and a lot of depth. Most positions, if not all positions, we are stronger than we were last season. And we've got backups as well because you know, we'll probably talk about Andy Cook in some detail, but last season he was, for long periods of time, our only 
option up front because Liang was injured. The other options were both rubbish and the wrong type of striker for the style we were trying to play. And now, you know, we've got Angol mostly fit, we've got Vidane Oliver. So Cook has competition, which means he's alert, and he's also not having to be rushed back from injury, play 90 minutes every week, no matter how he's playing. So suddenly he's on his toes, he's fully fit and not burning himself out, and you can see the effects. Yeah, do you you think with the fact that you've had all those signings come in, yes, you lost a number, but do you think the fact that it's Mark Hughes... (laughs) has helped you to get those. I mean, I, I presume we kind of, I think, if I remember rightly, we had this conversation last year about how, you know, Mark Hughes hadn't been your manager for long at that point. And we sort of talked about how you thought his name would generate a lot of interest in terms of players. Did, did that actually come to fruition, do you think? Or do you think maybe it was more of a case of, look, at the end of the day, you're one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in this division, so it may be just icing on the cake territory for you. I mean, it's both really, isn't it? Because it's big club, big name manager, you know. Hughes contributes just to, to us selling a lot more season tickets. You know, if we'd kept hold of Adams, I think we might have gone 10,000, maybe below 10,000 season tickets. And we're on 14,000, 15,000 instead. That's the level of difference that having Hughes in charge has done. Um also, in terms of our recruitment, it's not just Hughes. We made a really good signing in Stephen Gent, who was in the recruitment department at Middlesbrough. He's now our head of recruitment. And quite a few players, you know, Richie Smallwood, Harry Chapman, Brad Halliday, are all from that area as well. Um, sort of ex-Borough Academy players, which is normally quite a good thing to do at League Two level, because Borough's Academy has always been pretty good at churning out decent level players. Um, I think our team a few years ago was absolutely full of them as well so um yeah that's been pretty useful because he's had the contacts there but yeah it's generally we've professionalized how we do recruitment properly so it's not just in the hands of Hughes but you know Hughes and the size of the club and of course the budget that we can field because we're selling more tickets and so on they all contributed to having us uh, us having a squad that I think it think it's good. I think it's high quality, and there's plenty of depth. Mm-hmm. The uh, <laughs> when you said um, a minute ago, it it almost dropped below ten thousand. Any other club in this league is like struggling to get three or four, five or six thousand uh, season tickets sold. Um, it, you're just constantly that. You don't want to use the cliche too much of big fish in a small pond, but it does have that feeling. And I think this is your, is it the third season back now in, in League Two again? Um, is it the fourth, possibly? Um, they the all blur into one in the pandemic years. But... <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're yeah. right. Yeah, fourth back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, like, like, is it frustrating or is it, is it just, can you actually see something happening? Because it seems to be going. Over and over, viewers favourites every every summer. We always put you as favourites because you're Bradford, because you sold this many tickets. Is it like how, when you approach this season, for example, like, are you thinking we've got to win this league or are you just thinking we've just got to get out of it? I mean, the general feeling is we've just got to get out of it. But this summer was 
different to some of the others, or it seems to have been, because you know we came down with a bloated mess of a squad that had failed miserably the year before and had a lot of players on expensive contracts who weren't very good. And so it took us time to ship those out. Then there was a pandemic. And then I can remember sort of the summer 2021, I can remember everyone was feeling really optimistic. But then we kept saying it on the Width of a Post podcast, sort of going, we're just about two or three players short as we went into August, and we'll just need to sort that. And then we didn't. Whereas this time, you know, we went into the deadline day thinking, could probably do with another wide player, and we signed two. So that was about it. Everything, you know, there's not many areas in the squad where you thought, actually, yeah, we want to do, you know, we want to uh, improve this. And as well as that, the age profile we've signed is different. So we've gone a bit younger. We've got players like Harry Lewis, like potentially Timmy Odessina, if he actually can get into the side. A bunch of players who you would consider they'd have resale value if we don't go up. So again, it's just seemed smarter and more professional this summer than it has been, whereas previously it was just it felt like it was the club was almost coasting on being a big club and not having to actually be smart about it. And you can see what happens there because if you're not smart about your recruitment, you know there will be some clubs at this level that are, and they'll just absolutely destroy you. Yeah, this season then you you've had a positive start I'd, I'd say um there's an obvious thing that we'll come to in a bit that's helped you with that um I mean at this point last season you were 10th with 23 points at the point that we played together um you've now got 10 more points than you did at that point and you're obviously just a place and two points behind us you said before about how Hughes's playing style was maybe the only thing that you really learned from him at the end of last season has that now been and carried over into this season? Are you now seeing that playing style work for you? Yeah, we can see we we play it out from the back pretty much constantly. Um, you know, we have a keeper who is a modern sweeper keeper. We have defenders who can play. We have forwards who will interlink and interchange and switch positions and be quite fluid. So it's pretty good to watch so far and has been improving over recent weeks, as you might expect, as the team gets used to each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the style is generally working. We're you know a high possession team. We press pretty well and we play out from the back quite nicely. Does that make you feel nice and positive about the season and how it might end for you? Or yeah, are you trying I'm, not to get ahead of yourself too much? Yeah. At the moment, I'm feeling pretty optimistic because, I mean, we're fourth at the moment, but with the amount of points per game we're getting, we are actually on course for an automatic points total. You know, about I think we'd be on course for about 85, 86 points at the moment. So if we can keep this up over the course of the season, one of the teams in front of us is likely to drop away. You know, not sure which who one, Which one do you think is, which one's is going to be? Oof. I mean, I prefer it to be Steven in because I don't like Steve Evans. Um, but honestly, Correct not sure. Answer. But, but <laughs> you know, if we continue this over the course of the season, you know, it's unlikely that there's going to be three other teams on 86, 87, 88 points. So then we'd be in a good position for automatics. So, and honestly, I think there's areas we can improve. Our home form has been a bit disappointing. We are We have a tendency of 
not breaking teams down who come and sit and frustrate us. We're a bit slow at times with that when, you know, it's the flip side of a possession game is sometimes it can get a bit slow and samey and sideways. Um, whereas away from home, when teams come out and maybe attack us a bit more, and also in the Cups against high division opposition, we've looked really, really good. What do you put that down to, the home the home form? Is it is it the pressure of it or is it just the way that Mark Hughes likes to play at home? Is it just a bit a little more cautious or there's just, there's just a lack of space because teams are coming there and seeing your Bradford and they shut up shop as well? Is it, is it one of that? Yeah, a lot of teams have come and shut up shop. Um, and we the one thing that we do miss is someone who can properly set the tempo from deep. We lost Elliot Watt in the summer who was very good at doing that richie smallwood's the replacement and he's a really good player but his strengths are a bit different he's much more of the sort of holding midfielder who does all that sort of unfussy off the ball stuff he's brilliant at breaking up play brilliant at stopping other attacks you know there's a major reason why we're not conceding many goals smallwood is one of those main reasons but he's not quite as good in possession at sort of speeding up and slowing down the tempo. And so we can at times get just a little bit slow and predictable from deep and just coast through uh, games. And, you know, we have a habit of starting well, going 1-0 up and then starting to just coast a little bit as well. But yeah, we've also been a little bit unlucky. We got, I say robbed, it was a dodgy penalty in the last minute against Swindon when the game should have been out of sight. You know, we were 1-0 up, should have been 2 or 3, and then they got a penalty for handball where Brad Halliday would have had to amputate his own arm to not handle it. One of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, a little bit of bad luck, but a little bit of, you know, we can just need to speed the tempo up a bit at home at times. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of league games, uh, the last time you've lost was back at the start of October, Stockport at home. Um, I think that was maybe the start of Stockport's resurgence or finally found their feet in League Two type performance. Um, but I mean, since then, as I say, ignoring the cup competitions, you've not lost. Um Yes, you've had a couple of draws in there against teams that I would expect you to be beating. Uh, Crawley, for one, but obviously they've had a bit of a resurgence since Lewis Young has become caretaker. Um, both sort of the Grimsby game and the Swindon game. Grimsby because of you know their their lower stature as a as a club having come up from non league last year, and then Swindon just being the fact that you're at home. I mean. How do your fans react to that? Because obviously you are on a good run. You are positive this year. Um, but when you have those results, I mean, no, three draws in a row there, Grimsby, uh, sorry, Grimsby, Swindon, Crawley, um, a nil-nil followed by two one-alls. Then you go out of the FA Cup in the first round to Harrogate. Were you as a fan base getting, not on the backs of anybody, but were you getting worried a little bit and starting to question things? Yeah, there was a bit of frustration after the Harrogate game because, you know, Swindon was a good game between two decent teams. Swindon came out and played as well, but which we should have won. Crawley, we were just slop, very sloppy for a half. Um, but Harrogate in the cup, we were genuinely poor for most of it. Um, but we've reacted. So people were getting a bit frustrated there, but we've reacted really well because then we went to Mansfield, who are, you know, they're playoff contenders. And honestly until one of our players got sent off after 65 minutes they didn't have a sniff genuinely they did i think their 
didn't have a shot on target until about the 70th minute. And then, you know, so we've reacted really well with a couple of wins. But yeah, there's a bit more frustration because the home form has been a lot of draws and the away form has been fantastic. And genuinely, if we'd flip those the other way around, I think there'd be less frustration because the fans who would be seeing more of the better performances rather than just listening to them on the radio and so on. Yeah, it's almost, although we had a couple of defeats, Danny, in our little blip in over the last month, it sounds very similar, doesn't it? Um, the same sort of story. As same sort of frustrations, had. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's the same sort of thing when, when teams come to you and, and not shut up shop, but they frustrate and they like time waste and, and all that kind of thing. And it, it does sound very, very similar. But um, I was going to ask Tim, like, what kind of teams do you struggle against? Is it is it literally teams who just come and put two balls of five and just defend for their lives? Or is it teams that just come and get in your face? We've struggled to break down teams that have parked the bus. Um, that started with Doncaster on the opening day, who basically time mm. wasted from minute one. <laughs> um, but the defeat to Stockport you mentioned, Stockport actually, while well, I did both of those, in the first half, they pressed brilliantly genuinely we we really struggled to play out from the back against them and so ended up one nil up as a result and then second half we switched things around we brought Vidane Oliver on to get some more sort of height and presence up front so we were going to play over their press and they immediately just brought on an extra center back completely stopped pressing us and just shut up shop and so they they had that game plan and they executed it to perfection but yeah um you know, they pressed incredibly effectively in the sec- in the first half, and we just couldn't play through it. So it's a bit of both almost, but generally I think we do slightly better against teams that come out and actually have a go at us because we can play through them most of the time. I think it's the one thing that I always find whenever I have gone and watched us play you guys, especially at Valley Parade, has always been last season, the game, the one-all draw, um, I remember thinking at times it looked so easy for your players in midfield, especially just to play the triangles, just to basically make us chase shadows constantly. But the one criticism and the one thing that I had with you last season was you didn't have anything up front to finish it off and to really, you know, kill the game. Whereas this season, of course, suddenly Andy <laughs> yeah. Cook has found his goal-scoring boots. Um, obviously, it's a complete contrast to what has happened with him for you guys last season. You were talking about how you know he was the only striker. He didn't really have a choice. He had to play, but wasn't really doing the business for you. Whereas this year, wow. I mean, what, what's changed from your perspective? I mean, he's gone away over the summer and got really fit and motivated, I think, because um, he was struggling with his fitness second half of last season, which didn't help that he was rushed back from injury because we didn't have any other options. We, you know, And, you know, he didn't even start the season in the team. We started with Verdane Oliver up front, and then Cook scored one off the bench, and then against Hull in the League Cup, he got a start and scored both of them, and he's just been in the team since and not really look back um yeah he 
his link play is decent, but the really big thing about him is he's just finding space in the box and finishing really well. And, you know, he's, you know, he's not hugely quick, but he's good in the air, he's strong, and he's got a striker's instinct. The goal on Saturday was that, because it was just a Aboisa cut inside, his shot was deflected, and it was all, you just feel every half chance in the box is going to fall to him at the moment, and he's just getting onto them and putting them in the net. So, yeah. And then there's just, you know, he's just confident now. So everything he hits is going in again. So that's really good. You get that with, with strikers. He, he does seem to have that little bit of extra yard sometimes, doesn't he? And you, you watch strikers like that, you think, oh, I wish I had them in the team because we're missing probably a central striker um, at the minute with the, who's consistent like that. Um, it's that extra yard he gives you that his experience as well. Like, And you mentioned Vidane Oliver there as well. He, you signed and I thought, like I imagine that he'd be in front of Cook or playing alongside him. That what is he? Is it just been literally because Cook's been so good that Oliver's not got in? Because obviously he's, he was with us for a couple of years before he went on to to Gillingham, dropped down again. I mean, here. he started the season a bit slowly. I think he was still adjusting to the style because he is the quintessential low league target man, isn't he? He's a big mm-hmm. lad. He'll hold it up. He'll win the ball in the air and so on, and he'll be a decent goal threat. And yeah, and then Cook took his place um, and just hasn't really looked back since. But, you know, Oliver's come on, he he scored one league goal, which was a last-minute equaliser against Wimbledon. But I think he's been worth, uh, you know, three or four goals just for his position as competition and backup to Cook. And just giving him, you know, just giving Cook the chance to have a breather and keeping him motivated is worth several goals, I think, already this season. So, you know... I suspect he'll be frustrated not to be playing, but you know he's his role in the squad is still helping the team, so he's doing all right. Mm. Do you think it's it's reversed your expectations? If we take Cook and Oliver, Vidane had a really good couple of seasons, maybe not so so good last season for Gillingham, but you know he he did really well the first season that he was there in League One with them so did you maybe think him coming back down into league two he'd be the one that might be getting the goals while pretty Cook much would be doing what oliver's doing i mean honestly in the summer people were talking about whether cook might leave because he'd lost his place to lee angle at the end of last season and angle's been on the bench a lot and you know we had other forward options as well so yeah cook's just forced fought for his place, forced its way back in. But yeah, I think we were all expecting Oliver to be first choice. But, you know, Cook's done a fantastic job. Mm. And, and do you worry about what happens if Cook does pick up an injury? Not really. Because of Oliver and because of Angle, we actually have depth compared to last season where Angle was the backup, but he was injured. And then it was Caelan Lavery and Theo Robinson and neither of them are target men. So we didn't have the depth in that position. And that's repeated throughout the squad, really. You know, last season, we didn't have the depth, you know, in any of the positions. This season, you know, Matty Platt got sent off against Mansfield. So in for the next game, Jan Songo comes in. He was a regular for us last season. He's been part of a Morecambe team that's got promoted. He came in, did a perfectly good job, and then might be straight back out of the side again because, you know, Platt's first choice. But having someone like Songo as cover and on the bench is pretty good for this level. Yeah, it's decent. It seems a decent squad. Is there anyone else that you'd put your, your finger on to watch apart from the attacking players? Harry Lewis in net 
um, this one was definitely a huge signing because he was in Southampton's academy in under-23s and he hadn't played a lot of proper first-team football, which is probably how we've got him. But he looks like a championship keeper, I think, at League at League Two level. You know, he's a proper modern sweeper keeper. He very rarely makes mistakes and he makes, you know, I think a match-winning save a game almost at times. He's just absolutely fantastic. I suspect he is on his way if we don't go up because he's just too good for this level. But, you know, he's just one of those keepers. I think, you know, we've got him because Hughes knew about him. And because he'd not played a lot of first-team football, clubs higher up weren't taking the gamble. And we've benefited from that. So, yeah, Harry Lewis has been fantastic. He was a permanent deal, was he, rather than a He was. I think he's two years with an option for a third. So pretty good sort of deal for us there. And on loan, we've got Tyreek Wright as well, from, who's a winger, and he is—he's missed the last game with injury, but he should be back for Saturday. He's very quick, uh, good dribbler, good goal threat. So, another one to look out for. Nice, pretty well set up then. Um, coming into Saturday, <laughs> all right, Daddy. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Sam Hoskins wanted to give Andy Cook a little bit of time to catch up, um, so he gone and got himself booked in the last minute um, at the weekend. <laughs> to give himself a little rest <laughs> for a couple of weeks so that Andy Cook's got a free hit um, this week. Um, coming slightly away from on the pitch, off the pitch, Cobbers fans going to Bradford should be a good away day um, as usual. Where should they be eating, drinking for the game? Uh, North Parade for drinks. Uh, that's the place with all the interesting bars. In terms of uh, interesting, eating, in t- terms of... <laughs> yeah, well, North Parade has all the... I mean, if it wasn't Bradford, you might even call some of them hipster. But, you know, it's Bradford, so we can't <laughs> call, them, call them hipster. But it's got nice. a lot of good pubs with interesting drink selections and so on. And um, I'd particularly recommend the Record Cafe for that one, um, which is at the end. Although that's very popular with home fans as well. Um, so, yeah, in terms of eating, pick a curry house, almost any curry house. They're going to be really good <laughs> around here. Um, I'm not sure if there's... I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'd recommend because I haven't actually been out for food in Bradford for ages. Coming on to predictions for the game, um, a tough one. Obviously, Charles, uh, John Brady will be expecting uh, a tough match again this week, I'm assuming. Um, for this one, I'll allow him to actually do it. All <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it's even easier this week. Yeah, yeah if, if he'd have seen Gillingham, he might not. He might have changed it up a little bit last week. Um, but no, this is one of the toughest games of the season, I would say. And we've we've had Leighton Orient Stevenage away. In some ways, this will be more difficult because of atmosphere. I'd imagine it's going to get close to 17, 18, 19,000, I would have thought, Tim, for this one. Um, but Charles, prediction, Bradford away, three o'clock, Saturday. Yeah, I always, uh, you said trepidation. I, I worry yes. for, for when I go to watch the Cobblers at Valley Parade. I'm not sure that I've actually seen us win there. Now, we had one a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did, but was... I wasn't there, you see. So no. I don't think I saw it. Or maybe so I did. No, no, I definitely no, I definitely wasn't there. Um, no, stay away then. And I'm not the message. And I'm not going this week either. Good. So there you go. Um I often feel like we would do well to come out with a point. So therefore I'm going to go for a repeat of last year's game uh, and go for one all. Um, I 
And I think if that's going to happen, it will have to be pretty much a repeat of last year where we will have to score first. And then I think what will happen is that Bradford will bang on the door incessantly for ages until eventually they break us down and, and one goes in somehow off Andy Cook's no, backside. Probably. You, can't, you can't score. It's not allowed. <laughs> I, you can't do when I, Sam's not I'm, I'm hoping that by me predicting that he will, and you know what I'm like with predictions, Danny. <laughs> that he won't. <laughs> so okay, yeah, fair enough. I, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. One-one. I will go for. Um, I, I'm going to go for a Danny Hilton goal. Oh, first one. First one, and mm. um, and an Andy Cook equaliser. Mm. Okay, Tim, what are you going for this one? I mean, part of me is predicting a draw just because that's what we do at home a lot of the time, but. I'm feeling optimistic and saying 2-1, and Andy Cook's going to get at least one of them. Ooh. Dear. It's an oh, easy prediction it? to make, though, isn't it, now? Andy Cook to score. Andy Cook to score. Andy yeah. Cook will score. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so you've gone draw. Bradford. I'm going to go Cobblers win, then. Oh. Why not? I said I was, I was filled with trepidation, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> I think Andy Cook's going to get himself sent off in the second minute. Ooh. And then Bradford are going to be defending with 10 men for 88 minutes. Right. And then 90th minute, up pops Kieran Bowie. Oh, there you go. The 30 yarder into the top corner. Do you know what and you've made that wild. sound, Danny? Bowie, sorry. You, you, you've made that sound very easy. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely won't be. But I thought no. as soon as you've gone for the other two predictions, I'm going to, I'm going to balance it out. It's quite rare that I'd predict a win at Bradford, but there we go. Um, without the Hosk, they might be they might be sitting off and thinking, "Oh, they've got a lovely afternoon," but they haven't. They've, they've got nothing. They're nothing without nothing. that Samuel Tobias Sam, Hoskins. Nothing. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, completely off off topic ish. Mm. But Tim Oglethorpe gave Samuel Tobias Hoskins his full name. Did hashtag influencers enjoyable, (laughs) (laughs) but but yes, there we go. Bradford, three o'clock Saturday. We're Mm. just just before that other thing happens on the other side of the world, wherever it is. Um, So we're in full focus of of everything, and uh, League One and League Two are the only things that matter from now on. Indeed. Um, But Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. No worries. Where can we find you on social media and the blog? Okay, uh, the website is at the width of a post on Twitter. Um, I'm Bantam Tim on Twitter, although I only really tweet about Bradford City, so I'm not sure how many people from Northampton will actually want to follow me for that. But the website <laughs> is the width of a post, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media and stuff. Can't remember Excellent. exactly what it's on. I don't manage that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Get on following them. Thank you, Charles. Uh, thank you, Danny. It's been a pleasure as always. Excellent stuff. Next week, we've got nothing. Nothing. Blank weekend. So I don't know if we're just going to sit here for half an hour and just say nothing, but we've got nothing to preview next week. Preview? Preview. Nothing to preview preview next week. So potentially no preview show next week. Um, I would would say that there will not be a preview show next week, Danny, on the basis that there is nothing to preview. (laughs) There is nothing to preview. Um, (laughs) So there we go. But we'll be back in your ears on Tuesday as we look back on this one and another busy old week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.